the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, this is the last straw. I just want everybody to know that I have been doing my part to save the planet. I almost never use a straw, plastic or otherwise. The only time I do is when I have a cup in the car with a lid on it, you know, so it won't spill. But I don't use one at home, and if I'm at a restaurant, if they give me a drink in a glass, I, you know, drink it out of the glass. Tristan Justice is a a waiter in Washington, D.C. He also happens to write for the Federalist, and he's like me. He just wrote a piece telling people to just get over it and stop using straws, even though straws only account for uh, 0.025% of the plastic in the ocean. Did you know that Americans use something like a half billion straws a day? Why? Why do they? Because when you order a soft drink in a restaurant, it comes with a straw. Always. Almost, anyway. So why don't you get a straw with a beer or hard liquor or wine? You see somebody sitting there drinking wine with a straw? And how many people do you know who use a straw when they're at home? Do you use a straw at home or do you just grab a can of pop and then drink it, you know, out of the can or put it in a glass and drink it? Who says you have to use a straw in a restaurant? I feel really good about what I've been doing for the planet for so many years, and nobody asked me or threatened me about using a straw. Tristan asks, do college kids go to campus parties and put straws in their in their uh, red Solo cups? Do neighbors hand out straws at dinner parties? Good questions. It would make just as much sense to use a sippy cup. So if you're on your way to a restaurant right now, make today uh, the day that you do your part to save the planet or at least save the sea turtles who keep getting straws stuck in their noses. Tough it out. Or you might say, suck it up. Drink your drink, especially if you're a man. Come on. Drink your drink like a man. It won't matter if they make straws out of paper or plastic if we all stop using them. Let's start today. Well, anyway, we're going to talk about climate change when we come back and how the media insist on fueling the hysteria. So stick around. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. A couple of weeks ago, we had Rocky Blyer here to talk about his work with Miracle League in Moon Township. Fields for athletes with special needs. Jim Leland, the Pirates' former manager, is also involved in that project. Jim, thanks for being here. Great to be here, John. Great to talk to you. Tell me about the Miracle League of Moon Township. It's just a great thing for these kids, and it's a wonderful opportunity to people to participate. Some people are a little less fortunate than others, and I think it's just a great opportunity for people to volunteer and to help out and put a smile on somebody's face. I've seen the field that they put out in Upper St. Clair. It's amazing. 
amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable the way they construct these things. They have the ramps and everything for the kids. It takes a little stress off the parents. I think it's what Pittsburgh's all about. It's just a great thing. It'll serve Montour, West Allegheny, Moon, Sewickley, Weirton, Steubenville, Beaver County, and surrounding communities. Approximately 100 to 200 children will be eligible to participate, and it'll also serve adults with special needs. So it's a great cause. And if you'd like to see how you can help, maybe donate some money, check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org. Driving is freedom. The freedom to keep moving, to control your destiny, and to choose your path. And now, that freedom fits in the palm of your hand. It's called Ford Pass, the only app that gives you roadside assistance. Ford Pass rewards, and now when you buy or lease a new Ford, earn points you can use toward flexible complementary maintenance that gives you, well, more freedom. Ford Pass, built to keep you moving. Built Ford proud. Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about getting flexible complimentary maintenance when you buy or lease a new Ford and sign up for rewards. Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford reserves the right to change program details without obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. Ford Pass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via a download. It's time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining The Answers, Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on the Stand with Israel Tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float in the Dead Sea, and take a boat out onto the water of the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever wanted to walk inside the Garden Tomb? Register today for the Stand with Israel Tour this December 2nd through 11th. Just go to our website for more details and registration information at theanswerpgh.com slash Israel. That's theanswerpgh.com slash Israel. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So, have you heard about CNN's plan to televise a seven-hour town hall with all the leading Democrat candidates to talk about the climate crisis? As my dad used to say, don't fail to miss it. I know I won't. We just talked about the plastic straw crisis before the break, and most of the media are all aboard the climate hysteria train. David Harsani, a senior editor at The Federalist, has noticed he has lots of examples. He joins us now. David, thanks for being here. Always a pleasure to be on. Thanks. So will you be uh, tuning in to CNN's seven-hour town hall on the climate crisis coming up here soon? <laughs> um, I, I don't think I'm going to catch the whole thing, but uh, <laughs> I might tune in occasionally to hear what's going on. I, it seems kind of long. Yeah, I uh, if I were in solitary confinement and had been there for maybe like a year and they said, listen, uh, we'll let you come out for 20 minutes, but you have to watch 20 minutes of... This uh, town hall, I would say, you know what? I'll just stay here. Thanks. I, I'm not watching it's, that. It's like the tenth circle of Dante's Inferno. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Do you think they'll have any climate uh, skeptics on there at any time <laughs> during the seven hours? Not only do I think they won't listen. CNN doesn't even refer to it as a climate as climate change. It refers to it as the climate crisis. That's so right. Once yep. you say something is a crisis. I'm not sure how you can have someone on who says, hey, maybe it's not as much of a crisis. You don't even have to be a, a, a climate change denier. You just have to be skeptical about the, you know, how b- bad it will be for society moving forward. Yeah, and you point out several examples in your piece of uh, predictions of doom going back uh, 50 years. Why do you suppose most of the media seem to have a hard time finding those examples of predictions that have failed miserably? Well, I guess because they're ideologically motivated. And one, uh, on a very important level, climate change stuff is all about making sure that the government can control your actions, and uh, they see no downside in that. So even if, if climate change isn't as bad as they say, really, what's the downside when you already believe government should be controlling how we act? So um, it, there's, a, there's a sort of an ideological part of it. And then there's sort of a religious part of it. I mean, this is going back a long time, people have been saying this, but a lot of the language used by climate change folks who pretend that science drives everything that they say sounds like 
religious zealotry. You know, it sounds like a, they believe in a doomsday Armageddon and uh, they want everyone to repent before it's too late, which is always 10 years out around approximately. I always wonder whether it's, I mean, I know that they all, they all, but most, uh, most of them love the idea of more government control. And, uh, but I wonder how many of them actually don't necessarily buy the whole uh, doomsday part of climate change, but they accept it because if if that's what it'll take to get the control, I'm I'm down with it. I, I don't I, I just wonder how many of them are even think about it that much, or how many of them have just bought into the whole crisis idea. Well, it's, it's hard to tell, but I mean, people who think the world's going to end or don't don't fly around, uh, you know, everywhere. People who think the world's going to end don't have big, giant seven-hour television shows where they bring in a crowd and a bunch of campaigns on planes. Now, you know, they're all. They're, most of them are, are giant hypocrites. Bernie Sanders has more than one house, you know. Um, and and on the flip side, I I, I mean. I think people, you know, I don't want people running around, you know, destroying the earth. I'm not saying, you know, that we have no responsibility to, to, to be, to do the right thing. I think we do. But the idea that we're in a crisis, that things are getting worse, is just a lie. And we don't have to look at history. We can look at right now. There's, there's a million quantifiable, right, I'm exaggerating, there's a million, <laughs> but there's many quantifiable measures of Earth and things getting better for human beings, not no. worse. You know, so yeah. they never mention that when they talk about like the the, the floods, which is a, it's a bad thing. You know, it's, it's, I'm sorry people have to go through that, but in the end, people in the 1920s to the 1970s were dying all the time from extreme weather. Since that time, hardly anyone ever dies from extreme weather. It's like 0.05 percent of total deaths. So. You know, those are things I think that at least should be mentioned when we talk about disaster and doom. Yeah, the the the, the doomsayers, uh, doomsayers uh, haven't just been wrong. In many cases, as you point out, the opposite of what they predicted has come true. Droughts, yeah, for I mean, example. Yeah, droughts. Uh, you know, to this year was the first year since we've been measuring this sort of thing that we haven't had a single that there were days without a single drought anywhere in the United States, which is almost it's just incredibly rare. So um, we've not only does it you remember we had some big hurricanes in the early 2000s and yeah. um you know everyone was going bananas this is the end of the earth we're gonna have hurricanes all the time then it was like a 10-year lull in hurricanes so then they go to droughts and then when there's no droughts they go to floods well there's always going to be some kind of weather event and if you can blame everything on climate change well i mean you're going to win the argument because you know there's always going to be something happening with climate because climate is always changing it's almost uh, makes you it almost makes it worth rooting for that uh, the big volcano in, in Yellowstone, you know, that'll just end all the arguments because we'll all be dead. Well, they bl- yeah. I mean, before we died, they blame climate change for it. But uh, I don't, you know, I don't think that that's connected. <laughs> yeah. Well, over the, over the weekend, the, uh, the former head of psychiatry at Duke uh, said Donald Trump will be responsible for more deaths than Mao, Stalin and Hitler because of his unwillingness to buy into the hysteria. And the host, uh, Brian Stelter, he didn't bat an eye, did he? He didn't say anything. And later he said that he didn't hear because of uh, a glitch or something. Okay, you know, but I mean, you know, people say crazy stuff like that all the time on CNN and, uh, and other networks, and no one ever pushes back. And listen, even if you believed in climate change and you wanted to have a real discussion about real ways to help it, um, when you have someone on and you're a journalist, you should be mildly skeptical of things people say. But yet I hear people constantly saying things on TV that are completely untrue about the future. Scientists do not agree that the world is ending in 12 years. There is a consensus probably that the Earth is warming because of man's, you know, things that, you know, men, men and women do. But there is no consensus on a lot of other things, but they make it sound like there is. And uh, what do you suppose might get him to challenge somebody on that issue? I mean... Uh, yeah, the, if, you, if you don't challenge that, what are you going to challenge? I mean, you're, you're comparing, you're, you're, you're saying that Donald Trump is going to kill more people than three pretty bad people. Another thing is, what has Donald Trump done? He got out of right. the uh, Paris Agreement, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, none of the Europe, as last I saw, maybe it's different now, none of the European countries who signed on to that agreement have upheld their end. We have, without even being in the agreement. So I'm not, you know, we, we've... Uh, We've done a good job over the last few years of lowering our carbon uh, 
the carbon that we spew into the air and the other countries have not. So I don't exactly understand what Donald Trump did that was so bad uh, in that regard anyway. But it's just kind of a... And when you hear someone say something like, that's what I'm talking about, religious zealotry, this guy was at Duke University, not some, you know, he was, right. you know, this is a prestigious place. He's a smart man. He's a doctor. And he says things like this. So it makes you really wonder what, what's gotten into their heads. But he, as you just said, he's a doctor. And, um, you know, doctors and scientists, they, you, they're supposed to be the kind of people who question uh, research and methodology and how you came to the conclusion that you're saying you came to and he's off so if he's he's obviously bought into all the hysteria or he wouldn't have said what he said oh absolutely i mean listen i'm not going to pretend I'm, I'm no bob woodward or anything but yeah. when i when i i uh been in this you know i've been writing a long time i've been a regular journalist i've worked at a newspaper i think i'm generally skeptical of anything anyone tells me especially when it sounds too good or hysterical the the idea that the earth is all of a sudden, you know, we're going to dissipate and everything's going to, you know, people are going to die by the millions because of the weather. It's something that is hard, it should be hard for any intelligent person who has looked at history or sees the earth at all to believe. But yet we have lots of smart people who believe it. You know, so I, I, Woody Allen once said that uh, intellectuals prove you can be brilliant and not know what the hell is going on. So maybe <laughs> maybe this is the yeah. personification of that. We're talking to David Harsani. He's senior editor at The Federalist, author of First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun from the Revolution to uh, Today. Um, so I, I seem to say this a lot to the people I have on this show uh, because I think it's true. Uh, this was another uh, one of those things to me that is uh, is is a train rolling down the track that can't be stopped. How, the media, uh, as a group, uh, are so invested in this and and seem to at least uh, try to make a case that they actually believe this stuff. That I don't know how you I don't know how it's going to change uh, because because you can't you can't prove anybody's prediction wrong until. It's wrong. So they can keep making them and keep expecting you to act based on their predictions. How do you, right. how do you fix it? can't really fix it. It's, the, it's the, the easiest thing to say something's going to happen in the future and you have to act. Um, so I disprove it for over 50 years. never really comes true. Well, what if it does this time? It's really scary. And then you have a new generation of people. And I, hate, I say this, people get mad. I'm not a religious person myself. But I think because less and less people have faith, they have to fill that vacuum that void with some 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 other belief system and their belief system includes you know climate change as, a, as an inevitable you know armageddon if we don't do anything and they believe that stuff and there's anxiety about it uh, a lot of young people are more concerned about it than older people for whatever obvious reasons and um so i don't know how you change it i think it's going to get worse um because in 12 years you'll have someone else saying in 12 years from now you know what's going to happen and in 2050 you'll have people saying the same thing they've been, been saying the same thing forever that the world's going to end because of weather even yeah. though we always figure out ways to deal with it yeah and and if if this is this is i think the only issue or subject where this happens where you can say well wait a minute um these same People were predicting 50 years ago that we were going to have a, we were headed into the ice age, and they said there were going to be droughts, and there weren't droughts. And uh, it seems like that works as a as a counter argument pretty well with every other subject on the planet, except this. Except one other subject. The other subject is socialism. They always want to get oh, that as you spin and try right. it out. This time it will work. They're kind of connected better. too, though. Oh, of course. I mean, like because honestly. You know, like the Green uh, New Deal, you need to have a holistic, like a complete change of society if you actually wanted to deal with this. So um, for them, it, it has to be socialism or some sort of like authoritarian government that tells you how to act. There's no other way really to deal with it. And then they, get, they want to get rid of nuclear power, power and, 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 and fracking and gas. So the things that actually help lower, you know, uh, carbon stuff is, is is not even something they embrace. They just want you to, I don't know what they want you to do, take bicycles to work. Yeah, and, and uh, Alexandria overrated Cortez uh, is out there all over the Internet today with an Instagram uh, post where she says she wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning worrying about climate change. <laughs> I sleep like a baby. Yeah, did you see that? Did you see? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, she sounds like a, a 14-year-old kid. I, I watched that and I went... 
this this person is a, is in the, the U.S. House of Representatives. She has power to to control. Didn't she say she was going to have one less child or something? Yeah. Because of yeah. It's a, I, 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 you I, know, I mean, this went on in the seventies. You had people saying the ice age was coming and uh, that we shouldn't have as many children, that there was going to be a population bomb. We still literally pay people and the farmers not to grow food. People have too much food, cheap food in this country. We're all yeah. eating too much. But they keep saying we're going to be hungry. It, 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 it's, it's just absurd. And, 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 and the, the developing world in, in Asia and elsewhere, many, many more people are becoming reliant on fossil fuels to have better lives. So what do they think is going to happen there? Everyone's just going to give it up and go back to their mud, mud huts and villages? It's just not how it's going to work. Well, uh, David, before we go, uh, you are the author of uh, a book about guns, First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun from the Revolution to Today. I think uh, El Paso and Dayton have happened since we last talked. Um, where do you, where's, where's the gun argument right now compared to, I don't know, a couple of months ago when we had you on here before or several weeks ago? I don't think anything's changed, really. I mean, um, none of the laws that Democrats want to pass would, would have stopped either of those, you know, tragic incidents. And, uh, you know, I, I think perhaps there's some, some room to talk about red flag laws that might help the police and families better deal with, with people who are, you know, obviously in trouble and, and want to hurt other people and embracing the sort of evil kind of ideologies and things like that. But I, there are already laws like that on the book, so it's 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 really difficult subject to deal with. And quite often I think that uh, gun controllers just use these things to move forward with other laws that would just stop law-abiding citizens from having guns, and I, I would personally just be against those initiatives. So I don't think much has changed. We always end up in the same place. Well, what, uh, one thing that always changes, and it doesn't—it's it, a change that doesn't last very long—is um, that uh, the Democrats have become more bold in their demands for. Uh, you got Beto O'Rourke out there um, demanding buybacks, and uh, you have every just about every Democratic candidate saying it's time to stop uh, selling assault weapons. I mean, that's nothing new. But it seems pretty loud right now. And is that because we're in an election, coming into an election year? Partly, and I think it's because there's a cultural change where it's, the guns have become very partisan issues. So a lot of people, especially Democrats who vote in primaries, Democratic primaries, aren't you know independents or moderates. They don't have guns. They don't care about guns. They want to overturn the Second Amendment. So saying something like that doesn't offend them. Uh, and they don't think about the, the consequences of making those kind of arguments. Now, you know, maybe maybe they will be more popular. Maybe maybe that's the case. But uh, not only are they bad ideas, they're unenforceable ideas and probably unconstitutional ideas as well. Are they electable ideas? <laughs> Outside the primary, I mean. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I right now, Biden's probably ahead, right? And uh, he is not called, I don't think, for an assault weapon ban. And, and, and Bernie hasn't even called for one, I don't think. I'm not sure about Warren. So um, I'm not sure. I don't know how important it is. You know, people say a lot of things they've never followed through on. And maybe many people who vote have issues that are more important to them. I don't think guns are the most important issue for most people. So that that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, and uh, I only have about a minute left, but what um, I mean, the Republicans started showing signs of caving a little bit in the immediate aftermath of those two shootings, and they seem to backed off, uh, have backed off uh, from uh, backed off it since then. Uh, do you think they're going to get soft on it at all? Uh, it seems unlikely to me because the the the, prop, the 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 proposals that Democrats come up with are just are, are probably things that will will definitely get red state senators or red state House members, uh, you know, booted. For, for in primaries, you can't, you know, the universal background check. We already have a background check. They want to stop, uh, you know, individuals from being able to give guns to their a friend or, or someone in private. Uh, or assault weapon bans means that they're going to come to your house and take away your AR-15. I just don't see how Republicans could ever support something like that and keep their seat. And, you know, maybe in New York or wherever urban areas, those are fine. But when you're talking about Oklahoma or, or even parts of Colorado or wherever, it's not going to fly. So I, I don't think things change, have changed that much now. Okay, uh, David, I appreciate you being on. I'm out of time. Thanks a lot, as usual. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. Okay, that's David Harsani. We'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump says the federal government is keeping close tabs on now Hurricane Dorian, a Category 1 hurricane. The president tweets that U.S. officials are closely tracking Dorian as it heads toward Puerto Rico. He says FEMA and all others are ready and will do a great job. The president also criticizes the mayor of San Juan for not thanking FEMA and other federal agencies for their assistance after Hurricane Maria in 2017. White House correspondent Greg Clugston says President Trump has also declared an emergency in Puerto Rico and ordered federal assistance for local authorities. Forecasters warn Dorian could grow to Category 3 status as it nears the U.S. mainland as early as this weekend. On Wall Street, the Dow by 258 points. The Nasdaq rose 30. The S&P advanced 19. Oil up to 55.78 a barrel. This is SRN News. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I was finishing undergrad and got credit cards because I couldn't work full-time. So that started the credit card journey for me. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. And then when I got married, we combined our credit card debt, and it became impossible to pay off on our own. At that point, I was like, I don't know where to turn. And then I found Trinity. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. I mean, in a matter of three years, we've already paid down $20,000 in credit card debt, which is huge. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Larry Elder just wants you to have the facts. Just as they're telling you that white, anti-black, and anti-Hispanic attitudes are increasing when, in fact, they're decreasing, according to a recent paper. It's just not true. Just as they tell you that the police are engaging in institutional, systemic, structural racism, even though the studies show the opposite, none of these things is true. Yet they're pushed and pushed and pushed by the media and by Democrats. The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. If you're worried about market volatility or the possibility of losing money in the next market crash, the time to act is now. Effective financial management involves identifying opportunities. And with a 10-year bull market run, markets around all-time highs, and a highly contested election cycle right around the corner, we have an opportunity now to protect what's important. Don't risk losing a significant portion of your life savings in the next market downturn. Call Hunt & Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Pretty busy volume all over the area, but especially on the Parkway East outbound, stacked up Forbes Avenue to Edgewood Swiss Vale. Pretty average volume on the inbound side, and we're busy on the Parkway West inbound Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Parkway North minor delays, McAleer Road up to 79. 79, that's looking busy northbound from the Parkway North up to 910. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. 
Looking at a very nice evening for the area. We'll be mostly clear tonight. Comfortable overnight going down to a low of 56. Tomorrow, a nice day. Mostly sunny. Pleasant with low humidity. High 77. Clear tomorrow night. Low 61. Then for Friday, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. With an afternoon shower, thunderstorm in some spots. 79 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. So, uh, what do you think about when you wake up in the middle of the night? Maybe not necessarily in a cold sweat, but just, you know, wake up in the middle of the night. Um, <clears throat> I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about climate change at, in the middle of the night. But you want to know somebody who does? Someone who's actually a, an elected official. She is a member of the United States House of Representatives. Around here, we like to call her Alexandria Overrated Cortez. How can we save the climate? I'm trying to have a nice life. I understand this completely, obviously. Um, I... Even while I was on vacation, I woke up in the middle of the night at 3.30 in the morning um, just concerned about climate change. I am um, 29 years old. I really struggle sometimes with the idea of how to be a policymaker and potentially have a family in the time of climate change. And it really, like, freaks me out. And it can be really, really scary. Um, we are kind of blowing past a lot of the markers that scientists thought would happen years from now. And they're actually happen- happening now. Our glaciers are melting. Our sea levels are rising. And um, I'm scared sometimes too about the world that I'm going to be living in that we're all going to be living in um, I'm, I sometimes fear what we're going to be living with when I'm 40, 50, 60 years old yeah well I'm a little bit afraid of what the kind of world I'm going to be living in if more people like you are elected to Congress and, oh my, and, and are put in charge of my life you know that's what the federal government can do. They can they can pass laws that uh, put people like this idiot in charge of your you know your everyday life. Um, and she's twenty nine years old. She's got to be turning thirty here pretty soon because seems like she's been saying she's twenty nine for a long time. So she must be close to thirty. She sounds like she's about twenty, like a, uh, a an idiot. You know, she sounds like a college kid, twenty year old college kid who means well and is completely stupid. Uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh, now, now maybe you don't necessarily wake up in the middle of the night thinking about climate change in general, but how often do you sit around and worry about glaciers? Not only glaciers, but what might be lurking inside them. There are a lot of diseases that are frozen in some of these glaciers um, that scientists fear that there's a potential that a lot of diseases could Um, escape these melted glaciers, things that were frozen for thousands of years, and that they're going to get into our water and that humans could contract them. And they are going to be diseases that are thousands of years old that have vectors that we are not prepared for, that we have never seen. Um, And so, you know, that's a concern. Um, even if there are no diseases frozen at all in these glaciers, you have diseases that are spread by mosquitoes. And now mosquitoes are starting to fly further north that carry diseases like malaria and, um, and a whole slew of other things. And, uh, and there are you know parts of the United States and things that are moving much further north that we're going to have to contend with diseases that we haven't had to contend with in parts of the world before. Yeah, well, we haven't had to contend with idiots uh, in Congress who don't belong there. Well, we have plenty of those, but uh, not too many as uh, idiotic as this one, and she will not go away, at least 
uh, she has obviously no intention of going away. She shows up. I think those both of those um, videos that you that the sound was from videos on Instagram. So both of them are Instagram posts. And uh, I don't know where she was, but uh, it's actually it's kind of embarrassing to think that someone like this is in the United States House of Representatives. What's really embarrassing is that people actually voted for her. And uh, what's really interesting is that they found out that uh, something like um, 1,500 people in her district, or maybe it was $1,500, one of the two. Anyway, 1,500, I think it's 1,500 people in her district actually contributed to her campaign. And all she had a, a lot of money, millions of dollars, contributed from people outside of her district there in the Bronx. So um, maybe, I, I, I don't know how the how the people who uh, voted for her uh, saw her for more than five minutes and then said, yeah, that's the person I want in Congress. But there she is. And not only is she in the U.S. House of Representatives, but the Democrats have her out there as the uh, one of the main faces of the Democrat Party. And I guarantee you, if, if there was a way she could run for president, uh, she can't because obviously she's not 35 years old yet. If she could, she would have made the decision by now, even though she's been in the U.S. House of Representatives for about 20 minutes. But there she is, Alexandria overrated Cortez. Boy, is she overrated. And now, um, and by the way, uh, I have no guests again this uh, half hour, so uh, if you want to give me a call at 844-302-1250 and comment on uh, any of this, uh, feel free. I want to move now the, to uh, Lawrence O'Donnell uh, on, on MSNBC. This guy is uh, hes older than um, Alexandria, but he's just as idiotic and maybe... I, I, he might be just as hysterical when it comes to um, conservative politicians and especially his um, uh, Trump derangement uh, issues that he has. So last night, uh, he was just getting ready to go on with his show, the, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, uh, the Last Word, I think. The Last Word. And, uh, the yeah, The Last Word. Anyway... So Rachel Maddow was finishing up her show, and he was kind of teasing his show, and they had a conversation, and Lawrence was telling Rachel about the big, big story that he was um, ready to spring on America last night on his show, and um, it turns out that Lawrence's big story may be a little bit embarrassing for him. He was talking about the uh, Deutsche Bank. And, um, well, here it is. Here, here he is with Rachel Maddow last night. Loan documents there show that he has co-signers. That's how he was able to obtain those loans. And that the co-signers are Russian oligarchs. What? Really? That would explain, it seems to me, Every kind word Donald Trump has ever said about Russia and Vladimir Putin, if true. And I stress the if true that's, part of this. Yeah, that's, that is a scenario that I have never contemplated, um, let alone like gamed out in detail. But, um, you know, there is there clearly is some presidential anxiety around his tax returns for sure. The specificity of his relationship with Deutsche Bank is something that has never been explained. There particularly seems to have been some compartmentalization even inside Deutsche Bank, which appears to be a disaster of a bank, um, in that what was going on between him and the private banking division at Deutsche Bank appears to have been something of a mystery to other parts of Deutsche Bank, even to the point where the bank didn't necessarily know how much it had outstanding uh, in terms of Donald Trump loans very late in the game in terms of his political career. So, uh, I mean, that obviously would be... Um, absolutely flummoxing. Uh, that would be flummoxing. And, you know, you, it, you really missed a lot there by not seeing the faces because Rachel's uh, was going through raising her eyebrows and sitting back in her chair and acting like this was really astonishing to her. Let me just tell you something. Take it from somebody who has worked in television. That wasn't the first time she heard 
what Lawrence O'Donnell's big story was going to be. Not at not one minute before her show ended, she knew, and he was the look on his face was like he was so smug. And thinking that, boy, do we have him now, and I got this big story, and wait till America hears this. And you remember um, a while back, um, during the, I think it was during the campaign, I'm not sure about that, it might have been after after he's elected, uh, but Rachel went on the air and said that she had gotten a hold of Donald Trump's tax returns, and it became like the uh, Geraldo Rivera uh, vault the uh, Al Capone vault and uh, ended up being nothing and and ended up finding out after she talked about what a bombshell was going to be. It turned out that it showed that he actually paid more taxes than I think it was Hillary Clinton or some, but one of one of Rachel's heroes. I can't I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me here, but uh, I think most people remember that she really, really built it up as it was going to be a big deal. And it turned out to be a, a big nothing. So, um, so here's what Lawrence O'Donnell uh, had to say today in a tweet. He said, uh, here's his tweet, Last night, I made an error in judgment by reporting an item about the president's finances that didn't go through our rigorous verification and standards process. I shouldn't have reported it, and I was wrong to discuss it on the air. I will address the issue on my show tonight. Sure you will. And by the way, when uh, when... Uh, when uh, Rachel said flummoxed, if you watch the video, she kind of hesitates there before she comes up with that word. Because I, my theory, I can't prove it, but I have, a, I'm pretty confident about it. I think that she might have been ready to say, oh, that would be a bombshell. <laughs> because she, and she caught herself because bombshell is not a word that they want to use anymore over there at MSNBC or CNN because they've had a lot of those blow up in their faces and end up being nothing. And she could have said uh, it was a game changer. Uh, She could have said it was the beginning of the end. I'm sure you've seen the compilation of videos of uh, the people at uh, MSNBC and CNN saying things like that when it comes to Donald Trump and then it turning out to be nothing. And it was... uh, um, a case, as it was last night, by the way, it was a case of wishful thinking journalism. That's uh, that's what got them in trouble, and there was a little bit of that going on last night with Lawrence O'Donnell because you could see it in his face. You could see how excited they both were uh, to be unleashing this devastating information uh, onto the airwaves and onto the uh, and in the into the faces of the American public last night. And now Donald Trump's lawyers are were demanding. Uh, that's one of the reasons why he came out with a tweet today. Trump's personal attorney called NBC and said, "Yeah, better retract that and apologize for the report or face legal proceedings." So Lawrence better find himself a source uh, that's not anonymous t- tonight to talk about this and um, and. Uh, I, I think you might have a little trouble doing that. So you might want to well, – I hate to ask you to tune into MSNBC. That's hard to do. But if you can maybe DVR it and then fly through it and see if you find the point where he's talking about it. Because I can't watch Lawrence O'Donnell for 30 seconds. And I just watched him now on this video that uh, we just played for longer than I've seen him in months. But that's um, that's what Lawrence O'Donnell came up with. And now he's uh, backing off of it. So – it wasn't necessarily the bombshell that he and uh, Rachel thought they had there, and they're embarrassed again. And they uh, call from Donald Trump's personal attorney, um, obviously got Lawrence's attention, and he's already apologized. Did he apologize? Last night I made an error in judgment by reporting an item about, he says I shouldn't have reported, and I was wrong to discuss it on the air. But there's no actual and I apologize, included in that tweet. He does say he will address the issue on his show tonight. Well, when we come back, I'm going to address the issue of a woman kicking field goals in the NFL. Stick around. I'm here with 
Miracle League of Moons, Mike McGulick. Mike, I understand donations have slowed a little bit. How's progress? A lot of progress since we last talked. Obviously, it's never as quick as you want it to be, but we're happy with where we're going to be coming into the summer. You've broken ground on the field house. Foundations are going in, but the playground's been delayed. What's the plan? We'll continue to fundraise. We have a lot of great support. The community likes the project, so we're confident we'll get there in time to have the playground up for next year. Remember, every dollar you give today goes directly to fund the building of this state-of-the-art field for the kids with special needs. It will be updated with ramping systems and different things so that individuals that have problems with their mobility will be able to get to the same spots that everyone else easily can get to. Help keep the project on track. Visit miraclesinmoon.org with your donation today. Mike, as always, wish you good luck with this project. We'll be following it and you keep us updated, okay? I will. Thanks for all the support and Pittsburgh, thanks for helping. Give now at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. Sponsored by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. The Supreme Court confirmation process has been on the point of breakdown for 30 years, and it finally collapsed with the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh. I'm Molly Hemming. And I'm Carrie Severino. Our new book, Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh confirmation in the future of the Supreme Court, tells the story of the process that Kavanaugh himself called a national disgrace and a circus. The Supreme Court is the arbiter of America's most divisive disputes. The incentive to destroy Supreme Court nominees has become nearly irresistible. Our book, Justice on Trial, explores how that happened to Brett Kavanaugh and what we must do to prevent it from happening again. With more than 100 interviews, including the president, dozens of senators and other officials, we uncovered shocking details, untold until now. Will the next confirmation fight be even uglier than Kavanaugh's? Our new book, Justice on Trial, has the answer. Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh confirmation and the future of the Supreme Court is the explosive new bestseller by Molly Hemingway and Carrie Severino, published by Regnery. Get your copy now at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and wherever books are sold. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Sagerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, a warrior is more than a team name. Here, at their fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school, just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, a warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. A warrior is challenged to learn as they develop a strong work ethic, achieve academic excellence, and cultivate a lifelong love of learning. And a warrior is trained to lead through Christian character and integrity so they can impact the world for Christ by their example wherever God calls them. So, are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School, a fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. That's O-U-R-P-C-S dot org. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, Carly Lloyd is a um, member of the U.S. women's national uh, soccer team, and she kicked a 55-yard field goal in practice at Eagles practice. I guess it was yesterday. And the video obviously got a lot of uh, exposure. So she now says she's had inquiries from NFL teams. And uh, there are people out there rushing to show how woke they are by saying that, yeah, she she should get a chance. She could do it. That was a 55-yard field goal. Trust me. I'm not taking anything away from the fact that she kicked a 55-yard field goal, but it was in practice. She was not wearing a helmet or shoulder pads, uh, and there was no uh, defensive line coming in to try to block it. 
And uh, this is what Keenan Allen, a wide receiver for San Diego Chargers, said in a tweet. Sound sweet till somebody blocked the kick and all of a sudden she on defense would be like the stampede scene in the Lion King movie. She do got a boot, though. Uh, Keenan obviously wasn't an English composition, uh, English major in college, but uh, I get the point. And um, here's the other thing about Carly, okay? I looked at the video. She takes five steps, okay? Now, again, not too many people can kick a football through a goalpost from 55 yards out, man or woman. I know I couldn't. But she took five steps. When a field goal kicker does it, he takes about one and a half. Okay, you're not going to have you're not going to kick any field goals taking five steps, and and also the uh, most teams if the uh, I don't know if there are any teams now that have a a guy who kicks off uh, separate from the guy who kicks field goals. So you have to kick off, which means you have to run down and maybe get run over by somebody trying to block you. Or if you if you if she was going to do it, she'd have to just kick the ball, kick it off, run out of bounds. But um, this is what her. Uh, coach said, uh, James Galanis, says she is seriously considering the NFL offers. There's no way I believe that. Uh, there may have been an offer to kick a field goal at halftime. Nobody's offering her to be their kicker or to come in for a tryout. There are 32 NFL kickers, 32 guys in the world who have been de- uh, determined to be good enough to kick field goals for an NFL team. And I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but field goals are a pretty big deal in the NFL. And I hate them, by the way. I'd like to see them cut down the goalposts and have no more field goals because they ruin the game and they become too easy for the kickers. But uh, this guy, James Galanis, her coach says, I think Carly is perfectly made out for a job like that. She loves the pressure. She's got one of the hardest kicks in the world when it comes to women. She would be an ideal candidate. No, she wouldn't. An ideal candidate would be someone who's actually, you know, kicked field goals in football games while wearing equipment, while being rushed by a defense under actual pressure with the game on the line, you know, like maybe a a college football field goal kicker. But it's a nice story and a good way for people to show how woke they are that they think that Carly is ready for the NFL. She's not. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.